Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537, Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Chapter 12. Are you sure you're up for this? We can do it another time if you want, Quillil asked Kiara. Yes, babe. I can't wait to meet them. I'm fine, really. They're waiting for Quillil's mother and Ashley to come over. Kiara was meeting them for the first time. With everything that happened with Kiara being robbed, he wasn't sure if today was the right time for her to meet his family, but Kiara insisted it was okay. After the robbery, she decided to move in with Khalil. Kiara was done with the Jefferson houses and all the bullshit that came with living there. There was a knock on the door. My mom can be a little tough sometimes, so don't take anything she says too personal, he told her. Baby, I'm good. You sure? Yes, open the door, boy. Khalil went to open it. Hey, Mama, he greeted Gloria, hugging her. Sup, Cuzzo, Ashley said, stepping inside. She was fully healed from the shooting. Her shoulder was back to 100%. She had a small scar from the surgery, but she saw it as a beauty mark. She was still hurt by Leslie being killed, but she was thankful that she was still alive. What's good, cousin? I'm straight. You taking it easy, right? I'm good. I'm ready to get back to work and ready to start singing. You can be my manager. She's been bugging me nonstop about letting her go to the studio with her friends, Gloria said. Quillil shook his head. He knew Ashley could sing, but didn't believe she was really serious about being a singer. We'll talk about you being the next Whitney Houston later, but right now, I want you guys to meet somebody. Mama, Ash, this is my beautiful girlfriend, Kiara. Kiara, this is my mom and cousin, Ashley. Hey, baby, Gloria said, giving Kiara a warm hug. Hey, Miss Jennings, it's so nice to finally meet you. Please, call me Gloria, and Quillil is right. You are beautiful. Thank you. So are you, Kiara replied. So, you my new cousin-in-law, huh? Ashley joked. When Khalil gives me a ring, I will be, Kiara said jokingly. That's what I'm talking about. I like her cousin. Has anyone ever told you you look like Left Eye from TLC? Yes, I've gotten that a few times before, Kiara smiled. Well, you're by far the prettiest woman my cousin's ever brought around here. Don't mess this one up, Ashley said, looking at Quillil. You got jokes today, I see, Quillil stated. They all sat down in the living room. So where are you from, Kiara? Gloria asked. I was born and raised in Harlem. I moved to Brooklyn for a little while, but Harlem is home. Are your parents from Harlem, too? My mother is. My father was born in Cleveland, but moved to New York when he turned 21. He walked out on us when I was a kid, and my mother got hooked on drugs real bad after that. I'm so sorry to hear that, Gloria said genuinely. Thank you, but it's okay. Any man who walks out on this family ain't a man in my book, Quillil said. 
I agree, Ashley chimed in. I can never forgive a man who abandoned his family. My pops died when I was a baby, so I never really got a chance to meet him, he said. Wait, what? Oh, so Ashley chimed in and then he kept talking, but we don't know that because they don't use... Gloria's whole face changed when Khalil said that. Kiara noticed it, but didn't say anything. Khalil's father wasn't dead, but that's the story his mother told him because of how things ended between them. Khalil had siblings he didn't even know about. I love your hair. Who did it for you? Ashley asked Kiara. Thank you. I did it myself. Are you serious? Do you not a braid too? Of course. I love doing hair. Oh man, I'm going to be coming over all the time to get my hair did then. Cousin, I'm being serious. Don't mess this one up, please. I just found my new hairstylist. Everyone laughed. Kiara going to be opening up a shop pretty soon, so you can go get your hair did there anytime, Quillil told her. Great. I'm definitely going to be there getting my edges laid. Ashley already liked Kiara. So what do you two have planned for tonight, Gloria asked him. I have that big party going down tonight at the club for that Knicks player. That's it. I hope you're being safe at that club of yours. It's been too much going on lately. I am, Mama. Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. I still feel so bad about Leslie, Reggie, and Kevin, Gloria said. Me too, Ma. They were family. All of them. Khalil made sure all their families were straight financially, but no amount of money could... Okay, I knew I wasn't tripping. He left out words, like... Okay. Khalil made sure their families were all straight financially, but no amount of money could bring any of them back. They sat and talked for a few more hours. Gloria really liked Kiara and thought she was perfect for her son. Gloria could see the great chemistry between them. Quillil rarely brought women around his mother, so she knew he was serious about this one. Kiara wished her own mother was like Gloria, strong, loving, and warm. She hadn't seen her mom in years due to her drug abuse. She hoped one day she could call Gloria mom. It's time to eat, Mello said, unzipping the bag. Busy stared in awe of all the plastic wrapped dope in front of him. You sure your crew can move this shit, right? Hell yeah, I already told them to get down. They following me, and I'm following you. Good, because I don't want no fuck-ups. Time is money. I hear you. So look, we're going to be pushing Coke, Pills, and Dro on 135th and Madison. If anyone tries to give y'all a hard time, you rock their ass to sleep. We taking over that block. I got a chick in the projects over there named Charlene that's going to let us use her crib as a stash spot. You're going to be in charge, so make sure shit is run properly, Mello told him. Quillil's organization controlled the Lincoln Projects, but Mello could care less. It could not care less. If you could care less, that means you care. He planned on taking it over. I got you. What about tonight, though? What about it? Your boy Quillil's having a big party at his club. Some nigga from the Knicks having his birthday party up there. We should go shut that shit down, Busy said. Mello chuckled. This nigga Quillil really think he Jay-Z with this club shit. Wanna be 40-40 club ass nigga. I taught that little nigga everything he know. Him and AK. They wouldn't be shit without me showing them how to hustle. I made them niggas. So what's good? Let's mark his ass tonight, Busy said eagerly. Not tonight, fam. You can roll up there, but chill. Have a good time. Don't go wildin' out. We gonna get Quillil and AK in due time, trust me. This nigga... I know Busy looking at this nigga like, damn dog, you like them villains in them spy movies. You could kill this nigga right now. You got the gun to the back of his head. He's tied up on a conveyor belt. But instead, you want to start some big ass 
contraption that's going to knock over cups and fill up shit like a like a live action game of mousetrap and shit that's then going to lead to a guillotine that's going to chop this nigga's head off but you got a gun in your fucking hand dog just fucking shoot him nah that'll take it all to suspense you know what I don't give a fuck about suspense I give a fuck about escaping before this nigga's homeboys come through I heard one of them can fly and he's fucking indestructible can we just shoot this nigga in the head please Nah, if I shot him in the head, nobody would know I did it. Who gives a fuck? That makes it easier for us to get away. Why the fuck are you being so difficult about this? Because I gotta prove a point. Oh, he escaped. That sound like Mello right now. Like, nigga, I'm going up in this club where he don't know who we are, he don't know what I look like, and I'm gonna shoot the nigga. End of story. Cool, cool. I'll be right back. For she's. Alright, I got some shit to do. I'll get up with you later. Mello slapped hands with Busy and got back in his car. He wrapped along the future's fuck up some commas as he cruised through the streets. I'm back in the game, baby. He felt like Michael Jordan when he came back to the NBA after retiring in 1993. Quillil's days were numbered. Yeah, it could be zero if you let Busy go to the club with the Megatron and shut shit down. Plus, he get to shoot a Knicks player. Come on now. Nine out of ten of them niggas. They need some time off. Take one of them out. Shoot him in the kneecap. Shit. Quillil's days were numbered. Mello's dick grew hard just by the thought of putting a bullet in him and watching him take his last breath. For the last five years, all he thought about was killing Quillil. But now that he's got the chance, he's like, nah, busy. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm going to fuck this nigga's whole world up. You know how you fuck his whole world up? By taking him out of it. Maxine called, knocking him out of his train of thought. He ignored it. He wasn't in the mood for one of her mood swings. He had his eyes set on a new piece of pussy anyway. He called Kim. Hello, she answered. What's good, Ma? You tell me, Kim replied. We still on for the movies tonight, right? Of course. You didn't tell my brother about us going out, did you? No, why would I do that? Just making sure. Look, whatever happens between us will stay between us, I promise. Okay, Daddy. What time you come to pick me up, she asked. Probably like eight. The movie starts at 8.30, so that gives us enough time to get there. Okay, I'll be ready. Just call me when you're on your way. Bet, and wear something sexy. I always do, Kim said before hanging up. Mello couldn't wait to fuck her. He planned on knocking the lining out of Kim's pussy, and that's exactly what he ended the night doing. He beat her shit into submission. Kim fell asleep naked shortly after. When Mello got up to use the bathroom, Maxine texted him asking if she could see him. Mello laughed. Bitches act up, then be sweating you like a heat wave. He texted her back and told her he would come through later. Mello had Maxine on ice and she blew up on him for having to go out of town, but he figured she learned her lesson. Busy pulled up to Supreme with Rich. Damn, it's early and a line already around the corner, Rich said. Yeah, I heard it's supposed to be mad popping tonight. Look at all these bitches, son, Busy commented. He spotted some females in line with tight skirts on, showing off everything their mama gave them. I'm definitely going to bag me something tonight. He parked his car across the street. Yo, why you ain't just valet your shit? Rich asked. Because I ain't paying a nigga to do something I could do my damn self, Busy told him, pulling out a blunt to roll up. I chopped it with Mello earlier, and everything's a go. We're going to be moving weight in the Lincolns. He's put me in charge of the block, and I'm making you second in command. All we got to do is sit back and get this money. Harlem is about to be ours, Busy said with elation. I'm with that, but are you sure you can trust Mello? Busy looked at Rich like he was crazy. 
Hell yeah, nigga. He's the one who got the bread to cop these bricks by robbing Quillil's spot. He's legit. How'd you meet him anyway? On the inside? I got jumped by some crip niggas one day and Mello was right there. He helped me get them niggas off my ass. He's solid. Damn, like that? Just like that, fam. Well, if you say he's solid, I know he is. No doubt, Busy said, passing a blunt to Rich. We about to get paid, B. I hear you. But 135th and Madison is Quillil and AK's territory, ain't it? What's gonna happen if they find out we cutting into their business? Fuck that nigga Quillil. Mello already gave me the green light to tag out anyone that gets in our way. Them niggas won't be on top too much longer, trust me. Rich nodded his head in agreement. As long as he was getting money, he wasn't tripping off anything else. Let's go get on these hoes, though, Busy said, finishing off the blunt. They hopped out and headed across the street. I ain't really with this waiting in line shit, Rich said. We gonna get in there. Just chill. Busy didn't care about the wait. Pretty soon, he'll be able to walk right in the club without even being searched. He was on his way to becoming a hood celebrity. My time is coming. When they finally made it inside, Meek Mill's Dreams and Nightmares intro song was blaring through the speakers. The club was packed. It was beautiful women everywhere. Busy couldn't take his eyes off all the eye candy in front of him. It's bad bitches galore in here, Rich yelled in his ear. Busy made his way to the bar to get a drink. He ordered a shot of Ciroc. As he waited for his drink to be made, Busy sculpted the surroundings. Spending time in prison made him extremely cautious. Let's hop on some of them things, Rich said. I'ma chill by the bar for a minute, but you go do your thing. Rich went to work his magic on the dance floor. Busy sipped on his drink while bopping his head to the music. He looked up and saw Quillil upstairs making his way through the crowd. If I had my banger on me, I would body this motherfucker right now. Busy was stunned by the beautiful girl Quillil had on his arm. Damn, I need her on my team. Shorty was absolutely flawless, from her caramel skin, pretty face, down to her video vixen body. He watched as Quillil shook hands and smiled like politicians do when it's election time. This nigga really think he the shit. Busy was so occupied watching Quillil's every move, he didn't notice the sexy girl standing in front of him. Excuse me, she said, finally getting his attention. My bad, Busy said. I'm trying to get a drink, and you're kind of in my way. What? Damn you. My bad, Busy said. I'm trying to get a drink and you kinda in my way. Sorry about that. Busy moved to the side. It's okay, pretty boy. What's your name? I ain't a pretty boy and busy. He never did like being called that. He heard it his whole life. Being light-skinned and having curly hair made people assume that about him. Busy got into a lot of fights growing up to having to prove he wasn't soft just because of his complexion. He was a gangster and he wanted to be treated as such. I see. Well, I'm Maxine. Nice to meet you, Maxine. You want to dance? He asked her. He definitely liked what he saw standing in front of him. The black dress Maxine had on hugged her hips, and her titties were practically hanging out of her dress. What about my drink? I'll buy you one after, he smiled. Maxine took him by the hand and led him to the dance floor. The DJ was playing Drake's for free. Maxine put her ass on Busy's dick. She grinded on him, making sure that she felt his heart on through his jeans. Little daddy packing some heat. Busy placed his hands between her legs, slightly touching the top of her pussy. He realized she wasn't wearing any panties, which turned him on even more. They danced a few more songs before heading back to the bar. Busy got Maxine the drink he promised her. Thank you, she said, sipping her douce. No problem, Ma. I told you I got you. Maxine was feeling Busy style. She wasn't really into light-skinned guys like that, but she found Busy to be very attractive. So what brings you here tonight, she asked him. 
You. Me? How? I came looking for a beautiful girl and I found it. Maxine smirked. That was so corny, but you cute, so I'm gonna let it slide. Lucky me, Busy said. Maxine was enjoying his company. She grabbed his phone from his hands. Busy gave her a weird look. Don't trip, I'm putting my line in your phone, she said in his ear. They continued talking about a bar. Everything was cool until a guy bumped into Busy. Busy quickly turned around and confronted the man. Yo, watch where the fuck you going, bruh, Busy yelled at him. The dude was slim and tall with a rusty beard. Who you talking to, little nigga? The guy said disrespectfully. He got right in his face, which was his second mistake. Busy wasn't much of a talker. He grabbed a bottle nearby and smashed it over the dude's head. Glass shattered everywhere. His homeboys tried to jump him, but he held his own, dodging as many punches as he could. Once Rich saw his boy was getting jumped, he ran over to help, throwing haymakers. A brawl broke out in the middle of the club. Busy beat the guy to a bloody pulp. Security tried to break up the melee, but the damage was done. Busy broke just about every bone in the dude's face. I realize you said that he looked like Busy Bone, but you ain't got to capitalize bone, my nigga, in the middle of a sentence. Old boy was leaking. They ended up getting thrown out. Get your fucking hands off me, nigga. Busy yelled as two security guards tossed him out the club. And don't y'all niggas come back, one of them shouted. Yo, what the fuck happened in there, bro? Rich asked as he walked back to the car. He looked at Busy's hands and saw they were covered in blood. This bitch-ass nigga bumped into me and tried to get loud, so I hit his ass in the head with a bottle. Rich chuckled. You a fool, B, but your handler's kind of fucked up. You may need to get stitches. Say my blood, this is. I wasn't playing with that nigga. I should have killed this clown ass for trying to flex on me, Busy stated. He was upset that he wasn't able to finish talking to Maxine. He planned on sliding up in that before the night was over, but that was a wash now. He tried calling her, but she didn't answer. I'll just hit her tomorrow. They got in the car and took off. That shit was jumping, though, Rich commented as Busy drove through traffic. Yeah, it was. I saw Quillil, too. Word? Rich asked. Yeah, he was upstairs with this badass thing on his arm. I guess that's his bitch. After we murk him, I'ma snatch her up. Like that, huh? Off top. Quillil time is coming, dog. He gonna pay for the fuck shit he did, he added. What you talking about? Rich asked, confused. He set up Mello to go to jail some years back for some shit he didn't do. He don't know Mello's out either. The nigga not even gonna see us coming. It'll be a clean kill, Busy said simply. Damn, I didn't know Quillil was grimy like that, but I don't know about him being a clean kill. Why on this nigga dick so tough? You think he got or something? Busy was tired of Rich acting like Quillil was untouchable. Nigga, please, I ain't never on no nigga's dick. Pause, I'm just saying. If you're going to take out a boss like Quillil, you got to plan accordingly. Look, once Mello give me the word, I'm clapping that nigga. And I need to know if you're going to be down a ride, Busy said, looking over at Rich. He had a serious look on his face. I'm always down a ride, fam. Alright then. Busy put on Cameron's classic album, Come Home With Me, and vibed to it the rest of the ride. Chapter 13 Who the fuck is this cat? Quillil asked aloud as he looked over security footage from the night before. He was referring to Busy. He and AK were in the office at his club, watching the security footage of the brawl. Oh no, I ain't never even seen dude before, AK said as he watched the melee unfold on tape. He beat that nigga ass though, AK said. Quillil was furious. That brawl almost ruined the whole night. He didn't want his club to be associated with fights and shootings. The last thing he needed was for somebody to get hurt and try and sue him for liability. Or worse, get shut down by the city. 
We can't have niggas fighting and doing all that ghetto shit in here. Just because it's an urban nightclub don't mean we're going to be tolerating any type of bullshit. I feel you, AK said, nodding his head. Khalil turned off the tape. Have you talked to Dennis yet? Nah, I ain't been able to find him. Ain't nobody seen him around the hood either, AK told Khalil. Reggie and Kevin get killed. Dennis was more than likely the last person to see him alive, and now nobody can find him? Pretty much. Keep looking. He a dope fiend. He couldn't travel far. I, when are you and Kiara leaving for Jamaica? Tonight, so I need you to run things while I'm gone. No doubt. How long y'all gonna be out there for? Three days. We taking a private jet. Frank got us a sweet deal. Frank got mad connections. You ain't never lied. But when I get back, we gotta meet with Bihar and pay him his money. So make sure you collect everybody bread. I'm on it. You still serious about quitting? Yeah, I'm out after we pay Bihar his money. You think you're gonna be cool with that? I don't know, and it really don't matter. I fulfilled all my obligations to him. We made his ass a lot of money, and I'm leaving the ranch to you, so everything should be cool. Quillil was ready to turn over a new leaf. He no longer had an appetite for hustling. It was best to quit while he was ahead. He had more than enough bread stashed away, and numerous businesses. It was time to exit gracefully. Quillil saw too many kingpins overstay their welcome and end up dead or in jail. He refused to be a statistic. We've been hustling our whole lives, B. You ready to give all this up? All what up? Ducking stick-up kids? Hating niggas the feds? Looking over my shoulder every second? Yeah, I'm ready to give all that up, dog. It's time. AK thought they would hustle forever. They had been best friends since the sandbox, but they were polar opposites. AK was impulsive. Quillil thought things through. AK had a criminal record. Quillil didn't. There is something I need to talk to you about, though, Quillil said. What is it? Being that I'm going legit, we can't be business partners moving forward. I'm going to cash you out on all our partnerships, but only my name will be on the deeds. What? How am I supposed to clean my money, then, Q? Oh, no, but I can't be cleaning your drug money once I'm fully legit. I just can't do it. I'm sorry. Sorry? That's all you got to say to me after everything we've been through? Look, you're smart. You'll figure it out. I got somewhere to be, though. Don't forget to lock up, Quillil said, exiting the room. After Quillil left, AK poured himself a drink at the bar. How are we just going to take my name off the businesses like that? I helped him build all this shit. When he walked outside, he saw Detective Schaefer leaning on his car. Fuck this nigga want. Mr. Meeks, can I have a minute? Nah, I don't fuck with bacon, AK said nonchalantly. We'll see how funny you are when I lock your ass up, Detective Schaefer spat. AK laughed at his idle threat. Lock me up? For what? Living? You ain't got shit on me, Eminem. Try me. Shouldn't you be finding the people responsible for the shop shooting instead of questioning me? I'm still trying to figure out why someone will randomly shoot up the business of clean businessmen such as Mr. Sheldon and yourself. How about you find the motherfuckers and ask them, AK shot back. He wasn't phased at all by Schaefer's questioning. It would be in your best interest to cooperate with me, Mr. Meeks. Save yourself before it's too late, Schaefer said, handing AK his card. He walked off, much to the delight of AK. Fucking pig. Once Detective Schaefer got in his car and pulled out the parking lot, he balled the card up and threw it on the ground. He hopped in his bins and turned up his Freddy vs. Jason mixtape by Fabulous and Jadakiss. AK flowed along to the track Soul Food. He pulled out the capsule of blow he had in his pocket and quickly snorted it. He felt like he was flying for a minute, but he kept his foot on the pedal. AK developed a coke habit as a teenager, but didn't feel like he was addicted to it. 
As the drugs overtook him, he envisioned doing the street shit solo. Quilil had always been the one in the driver's seat. AK was used to being the right-hand man, but as long as the money was coming in, he was good. He knew his position and played it well, but it was a new day, a new time. He was ready to assert himself as top dog. I got this. AK wasn't tripping. If Quilil wanted to get out the game, good for him, but this was in AK's blood. He was born a trap. He believed it was the only thing he was good at. It wasn't just about the money. He loved the power and the fame that came with being a hustler. He took out a cell and dialed Alexis' number. Alexis was a chick he messed with frequently. They had history. Wasn't Alexis the name of the chick in D.C., though? Yeah, it was. That was the name of the girl who was calling uh, Mellow in the club. Okay, we'll see how that works out. They had history. They weren't exclusive, but she had a cool personality, and AK enjoyed her company. Plus, she was a freak, just how he liked them. Hello? Alexis answered. What's good, Ma? I want to see you. You know where I stay, Aaron, she said matter-of-factly. I'm on my way, and I told you about calling me by my government. Whatever. Hurry up. I want some dick, she said before hanging up. AK's dick rose as he thought about the hurt he was about to put on her walls. Alexis stayed in Queens off 108th Street. When he pulled up to her crib, he took the burner out of his glove compartment and tucked it into his pants. Better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it was his motto. He got out and knocked on her door. Alexis opened the door wearing nothing but a pink robe. Her mahogany skin was glistening. AK made his way inside and got right to it. He opened her robe, exposing her beautiful brown breasts. AK licked on her neck, chest, and stomach. Yes, Alexis moaned as he made his way down to her cat. AK fingered her while he softly sucked on her clit. He took his fingers out of her wet pussy and put them in her mouth. Alexis sucked all her juice off AK's fingers. He made his way back down, eating her some more. She grabbed the sheets, trying to control the orgasm she felt coming. He licked on her clitoris a few more minutes before getting back up. AK ripped over the magnum wrapper and put it on. He had a lot on his mind, which made him fuck Alexis with reckless abandon. He was knee-deep in her shit. All you heard was the sound of his balls hitting her ass. I'm coming! Oh my god! She screamed as he pulled the back of her hair. He rammed his thick penis as deep in Alexis' pussy as he could. Fuck! She exclaimed. She loved rough sex, and AK was giving her just that. He pulled the rubber off and came all over her ass. Mm-hmm, she hissed, feeling his nut drip down her backside. AK put Alexis in the scissors position and continued to beat her insides. He lifted one of her legs up and thrust inside of her, hitting her G-spot. Yes, fuck me just like that, Alexis moaned. He sped up his strokes, causing her to squirt. God damn, he yelped, coming. After their intense session, AK grabbed the towel for Alexis to wipe herself off with. Thank you. She still had his nut dripping down her thighs. The two of them were comfortable with their relationship. They never put a label on what they were, but Alexis really cared about AK and vice versa. She wasn't the type of chick to sweat him about a title. She did her thing and he did his, but they were always honest with each other. When am I going to see you again? She asked him. Oh no, I got a lot of business to handle, but I like when we hang out. Oh, she about to tell him about Mello. Okay. You mean you like fucking me, Alexis stated. Yeah, that too, he shot back. They shared a laugh. AK put his clothes back on and grabbed his blammer off Alexis' dresser. Oh, guess what I seen the other day in D.C., Alexis said. What was you doing in D.C.? I went to G's after hour spot with some of my homegirls. But guess who I saw there? Who? Mello. 
That name instantly caught his attention. What? Mello. I saw him walking through the crowd. That's impossible. Why? Because you and I both know Mello's serving a life sentence for two murders. Ain't no way his ass out. And even if he was out, I would have been heard about it. AK didn't believe Alexis. He hadn't heard anything in the streets about Mello being released. News like that would have been circulating all through the hood. Well, I'm just telling you what I saw. He must have gotten out early or something. I even called his name. He looked back at me but didn't say anything. He had his hat pulled all the way down. It was like he didn't want anyone to recognize him. And you're certain this dude was mellow? I mean, you just said his hat was pulled all the way down and it was dark. It could have been anybody, Alexis. No, it was him. I know what mellow looks like. He still has long dreads, but he lost a lot of weight and bulked up. I think you saw somebody that looked like Mello, but I'll holler at G's and see what's good. I gotta go. I'll call you later. So he's gonna call G's and G's gonna hold on to what he told Mello he was gonna say, which nah, I ain't seen that nigga. And that's gonna be the end of it because he does not believe black women. I'm just saying. As soon as AK made it to his ride, he called G's. He hadn't spoken to him in a minute. Hello? G's answered. What's good with you, playboy? Who this? AK, nigga. Oh, my bad, fam. You got a new number or something? I didn't recognize this one. Yeah, you know I got to change my shit on the regular. Bitches be harassing a nigga. I feel you. What's good, though? Jesus didn't know why AK was calling him, but he knew he wanted something. Nothing. I ain't hollered at you in a minute. It's a big party going down this weekend at the club. You should come out and fuck with us. AK wasn't about to question Jesus over the phone about Mello. He wanted to meet with him face to face and see his reaction to the questions he had for him. Alright, for sure. I ain't parted with you and Q since last New Year's and that shit was live. Most definitely was. Q ain't gonna be here though. He going out of town with his girl, but we still gonna do it up big. It's gonna be a lot of beautiful women in the building, so come through. Say no more. I'll see y'all this weekend. Alright then, fam. One. Jeez wondered if AK calling him out the blue had anything to do with Mello. He remember Mello telling him to keep him being out on the low. But Jeez didn't know if AK knew or not. Because he was a man of his word, he would remain quiet about the situation as Mello asked him to. Chapter 14 Why the fuck would you get in a fight at Quilil's spot? I told you to chill! Mello yelled at Busy. They were outside of Busy's apartment. It wasn't like that, Lo. Some nigga tried to flex on me in front of this girl I was talking to, so I had to steal on his ass. Busy explained. Man, I don't, I don't know. I can't check records on it. I can't. I can't look it up. So I'm just going to say it as a, a generalization. Men be dying over dumb shit often. Bumping shoulders with each other. Stepping on shoes. Talking over somebody. Like, seriously? This what you going to fight somebody for? Just dumb shit. Truly. Mello had a disgusted look on his face. Really? You fighting over a bitch? Now Quilil probably knows who you are from the security footage. My bad, man. I, I just flipped out. Just go and hold shit down the Lincolns. Rich told me y'all got into it with some niggas the other day. Yeah, some of Quilil's flunkies. We ran their ass off the block, though. That's what I like to hear. Any niggas hustling over there that's not a part of our crew? Give their ass the blues. Aight, Busy said. When he turned around, he saw a familiar face. It was Maxine. She was wearing some black stretch pants and a DKNY shirt. She walked right past Busy like she didn't know him and kissed Mello on the lips. Yo, Biz, this is my girl Maxine. Maxine, this is my boy Busy. Ain't this about a bitch. Busy felt so stupid. Nice to meet you, she said, acting as if she didn't know him. Maxine was just as shocked to see Busy as he was to see her, but she played it off well. Mello was a jealous type. 
If he found out Maxine was talking to another guy, let alone his boy, he would have killed them both. Likewise, Busy replied. Maxine tried to avoid eye contact with him, but he was looking right at her. Alright, I'm out of here. Hurry up and get over to the block. I'll be over there later, Mello told Busy. He walked off of Maxine. She was just throwing all her ass on me last night, and now she kissing up on Mello? Bitches really ain't shit. Busy got in his car and drove off. When he got to the trap, he saw his crew outside hustling on the block, but he quickly noticed Rich getting into a heated argument with another guy. Busy hopped out to see what was going on. What's the problem here, Busy asked the guy Rich was arguing with. Who the fuck are you, the youngster asked. Busy wasn't in the mood for bullshit. He was already pissed off about the whole Maxine and Mello situation. Nigga, I'm your daddy. Now what the fuck you doing on my block? Yo, block? Y'all some funny motherfuckers. This Quilil shit, and if y'all niggas not moving his way, y'all need to bounce. Simple as that. Busy laughed. Simple as that, huh? That's what I said, nigga. This Quilil block, huh? Yeah. Wrong answer. Busy pulled out his gun and shot the dude in both his kneecaps in broad daylight. Ah, shit, he yelled in pain. Tell your boss this Busy shit now. Y'all bitches ain't moving nothing on this block no more, Busy yelled. The youngster wallowed in pain on the ground. Get his ass out of here, Busy added. They dropped the kid down the street, leaving him bleeding on the sidewalk. I bet you that's rad. <clears throat> Quillil was riding to Dave East when his phone rang. It was AK. Quillil figured he was still upset about the discussion earlier, but he answered it anyway. What's good? One of our people got hit, AK told him. What? Where? 135th of Madison. Meet me at the spot in 15 minutes. AK was already waiting for him when he pulled up. Quillil opened the gate to the vacant warehouse they owned. The fuck happened, Quillil asked. It was Kenny. They killed him? You bastards! Nah, they just shot him in both his kneecaps. Kenny's kneecaps. <laughs> He's probably not going to be able to walk again. First, they hit our stash spot. Killed Reggie and Kevin and now this? I know. We got to tighten our shit up, man. Our people are getting hit left and right. So what happened? Kenny said he saw some niggas hustling on the block that wasn't supposed to be. So these dudes was pushing somebody else's product on our block? Yep. I guess Kenny confronted one of the niggas about it, and this dude named Busy ran up, talking about it was his block now, and ended up shooting him. Who the fuck is Busy? Quillil asked. He had never heard that name before. Apparently a nigga that got a death wish, AK said. If it ain't one thing, it's another. Quillil had a stressed look on his face. The last thing he needed or wanted was for a war to jump off, but it was looking inevitable. Any word from Dennis? Nah, they found his body under the Broadway Bridge. He was stabbed to death, so that's word from Dennis or word on Dennis. Unbelievable, Quillil said, shaking his head. Well, I got some more fucked up shit to tell you. I just left Alexis' crib, and she told me she saw Mello down in D.C. at G's after hour spot. What? When? She said a couple days ago. You serious? Quillil thought maybe AK was playing a joke on him. As a heart attack. I told her maybe she saw someone who looked like Mello, but she insisted it was him. She said she called his name and he looked back at her but didn't say anything, like he was trying to be low-key. How could he be out? He was sentenced to life. I don't know. We can't get caught slipping out here, though. Quillil walked around the room thinking. You know Mello used to cop work from G's back in the day. If he is out and was in D.C., we know what it was for. I know, A.K. said. I'm going to get Sanders to look into this. In the meantime, I need you to holler at G's and see what's good. 
already done. I hit him up and told him to come to Supreme this weekend. I didn't want to question him over the phone. It's easier for niggas to lie to you that way. Good thinking. If Mellow's out, which is hard to believe, and G's lied to us about it, you know what to do. You think Mellow know we framed him? AK asked him. I don't know. He might, but how? We clipped the only two people that knew it was us. No, you didn't double tap, nigga. You didn't double tap. You didn't double tap. At least he... <laughs> you didn't double tap like Kenny in his kneecaps. Clap, clap. That's how you do it. You double tap. He didn't want to murder the nigga. He just wanted to make sure he didn't walk no more. So he double tapped. One in each kneecap. Busy knows how to do it. Why don't y'all niggas? But regardless, we got to be on point out here. We can't keep having our people getting hit left and right. That ain't a good look. It makes us look weak and vulnerable. And in our business, that's a recipe for disaster, Quilil said. True that. We need to find out who this busy dude is and who he's working for. I'm on it, AK said. Cool. I got a plan to catch. I'll holler at you later. Bet. They slapped hands and went their separate ways. Chapter 15. Kiara turned into the projects with a smug look on her face. She didn't know why her brother had her meeting him there, but she came because she hadn't seen him since he came by the house after he was released. There were some young dudes chilling on the corner when Kiara pulled up. She could tell they were lookout boys. She shut off the car and grabbed her stomach. She was feeling nauseous as of late because she pregnant. Her period was approaching, so she didn't read too much into it. Kiara called Mello. What's good? Boy, get out here. I'm outside, Kiara said. All right, here I come. Within minutes, Mello was out her window. Kiara got out and gave him a hug. Why you have me coming down here in the hood? You could have came to my house, she told him. Oh, what? You too good for the hood now? No, but I'm just saying. Sure, but I have business to handle over here. Plus, you live with your nigga now, so I couldn't just pop up. When am I going to get to meet Prince Charming anyway? Soon. Soon, huh? Sound like you stalling. Who is this guy? Where is he from? What does he do? You going out of town with this man and I know shit about him. These are all unanswered questions. Damn, can you ease up a bit? I'm a big girl, Mello. I can take care of myself. Sure you can, Mello said sarcastically. Whatever. Busy came walking up. Oh, shit. Busy gonna see her and be like, yo, that was a girl that was with Quilil. Okay. Busy came walking up. Lo, I need to holler at you real quick. When Kiara turned around, Busy instantly remembered her from Supreme and being hugged up with Quilil. All right, give me a minute. Busy nodded and turned back around. So you back to this, huh? Kiara asked, pointing around. You know I was never the nine to five type, sis. Kiara shook her head. You just got out and you doing some type of shit that's going to get you sent right back for life. I ain't going back, so you ain't got to worry about that. If you keep doing this, yes, you will. No, I'm not. And I never would have went to prison in the first place had it not been for some bitch ass nigga set me up. But it's all good. Payback's a bitch. I don't even know why I bothered. Kiara threw her hands in the air. Then don't. I'm the big brother, not you. When you get back from Jamaica, I want to meet this dude. What's his name anyway? Kiara had an annoyed look on her face. What's his name, Key? He asked again. Quilil, if you must know. Mello thought he heard her wrong. His name is what? He asked again. Quilil, she said, slowly pronouncing every syllable. Quilil. Is he from Harlem? Yeah, why? His last name is Sheldon? Brown skin cat. He got braids? A king tat on his neck? Mello described him to a T. Let me guess. You know him? 
know him. He's a motherfucker who set me up. Him and his boy AK. Wait, what? Kiara was confused. You heard me. Them niggas killed Stevie and that stripper and left me to take the rap for so they could take over my business. I know Quilil was a mastermind behind it, though. How you know that? Because when I got to Stevie's apartment, the girl, Angela, was fighting for her life on the floor. She told me how Quilil and AK broke in and got Stevie to call me and get me to come over. Quilil killed him, and AK shot Angela, not me. Mello broke it down to his little sister. Why would Quilil do this? Because he wanted to take over my empire. He wanted my spot. He wanted to be the king, and he couldn't do that while I was walking the street, so he sent me away, Mello explained. Kiara was speechless. It felt like she had been hit with a ton of bricks. She was in love with Quilil, but Mello was her flesh and blood. How could she be with a man who did some grimy shit like that to her family? How long you been dating this nigga, Key? A few months, but I didn't know you knew him or that he did that to you. I, I, I didn't know. Kiara could barely finish her sentence. She was having a hard time processing everything her brother just told her. Quilil came into her life when she had given up on love. He swept her off her feet and made her believe in love again. He made her feel like she was the most special woman in the world. Kiara didn't want to believe Quilil was responsible for Melo getting locked up, but why would he lie about it? She was angry, sad, and baffled. Do you love this fool? Kiara didn't answer, upsetting Mello. He banged his fist against a car door. Do you? He shouted at her. Yes, Kiara answered. Mello hauled off and slapped her in the face. I can't believe you would be this fucking dumb. Mello was furious. We supposed to be blood and you laying up with my enemy. This is the first time he ever put hands on his baby sister. Kiara just stood there with her hand over her red marked face. She was hurt. I gotta go, she told him, tears forming in her eyes. You can't be with him, Key. Blood is thicker than whatever love you may have for this nigga. Besides, I'ma kill him anyway, so you better dump his ass, Mello said, looking her in the eyes. Kiara didn't respond, but she knew her brother meant every word he spoke. She got in her car and drove off. Busy came walking up after. You straight, man? He could see how upset Mello was. Yeah, I'm Gucci. Mello acted like he was unbothered, but deep down he was fuming. I can't believe this nigga been laying up with my sister and I didn't know about it. I don't know how to tell you this, but your sister's messing around with Quilil. I saw them all hugged up at the club the other night. I know, Mello said stoically. Good word. You know? Yeah. Kiara been real tight-lipped about this dude she been dating. She finally told me his name was Quilil and he from Harlem. It didn't take a rocket scientist to put two and two together. So what we gonna do? What we was already gonna do. Ain't nothing changed, nigga. What about your sister? She gonna be cool with that? Mello looked at Busy like he was smoking crack. She ain't got a choice. There was no way in hell he was gonna let Kiara be with Khalil. R. Kelly would date women his age before Mello allowed that to happen. That one wasn't funny. Kiara cried helplessly as she drove in traffic. Everything Mello revealed to her about Quilil's involvement with him getting arrested caught her completely off guard. She didn't know what to do, think, or believe. Quilil called her while she was driving. Kiara looked at his number across the screen, contemplating whether or not to answer it. Maybe I should pick it up and get his side of the story? I mean, maybe my brother's wrong and Quilil wasn't the one that set him up? So many thoughts were running through her mind. She ended up not answering. He kept calling, but Kiara didn't pick up. 
Khalil sent her numerous text messages asking where she was and what she was doing, but she didn't respond to any of them. She couldn't. She needed time to think. Her face was still red from Mello slapping her. She couldn't believe he put his hands on her like that. She knew he was upset, but he didn't have to take it that far. While Kiara was waiting at a stoplight, she looked at her dashboard and noticed her gas meter was close to empty. She pulled into a gas station to fill up. When she got out the car and walked towards the entrance, Hakeem came walking out. The two stopped when they saw each other. Kiara? he asked. Hakeem, hey, she said, surprised to see him. She hadn't seen Hakeem since the night at Quillil's club when she went off on him about Pierre. How you been? he asked her. Good, and you? Same. You aight? Hakeem asked her, noticing she had been crying from the dried up mascara on her face. Yeah, I'm fine. He knew she was lying, but didn't press the issue. A pretty female came out of the gas station, catching Kiara's attention. She was holding a little girl's hand. Kiara remembered the female's face like it was yesterday. How could she forget? Her life changed forever when she met her at the prison and saw the tattoo she had of Pierre on her wrist. Paris was bigger now, but she was still a cutie pie. Kiara wasn't even mad anymore. She moved on. The past was the past. You look familiar. Have we met before? The chocolate-skinned girl asked Kiara. I don't think so, Kiara said. Kiara, this is Jasmine, Pierre's little sister. Hakeem introduced them. Kiara had the dumbest look on her face. Sister? Yeah, sister. Oh my God, this is the sister I met at prison. How could I be so stupid? All this time, Kiara thought Pierre had cheated on her with this girl and had a baby by her. She was wrong. So this little princess Pierre's niece? Yeah, her name is Paris. She looked just like Pierre though, huh? Crazy, Hakeem said. Kiara looked at Paris and instantly regretted the abortion she had of her own child. She would have never gotten one if she knew the truth. I never even gave Pierre a chance to explain things. I killed our baby. Fuck, I'm so fucking stupid. I walked out on him when he needed me most. He'll never forgive me for this. You know my brother? Jasmine asked her. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a friend of the family. Hakeem didn't say anything. He could tell Kiara didn't want to announce herself as Pierre's ex. We're actually going to visit Pierre right now. That's nice. How's he doing? Good. He may be getting out sooner than later, Hakeem told her. That's great. Well, it was nice seeing you. Take care. Kiara couldn't get away fast enough. She hurried inside to pay for her gas. She was ashamed of herself. She could never take back what she did. Her day went from bad to worse. She couldn't help but think about Pierre and how hard it was for him being in prison away from the people he loved. I should have been there for him. He needed me. Kiara felt horrible. So everything been good over there? Quillil asked Red. He stopped by to check on him. They were walking around the hood talking. Yeah, everything been A1 over here, big bro. Why? Red may have been young, but he was a leader. Cats listened whenever he spoke. He was a mini Quillil. Kenny got shot in both of his knees today by some nigga named Busy. He probably not going to be able to walk again. Damn, that's fucked up. You heard that name before? Nah, I never heard of a Busy. Where's he from? I don't know. Harlem, I think. But he may be working with someone else that knows me and how our operation is ran. I just want you to keep your eyes open out here. Always. If I hear or see anything, you'll be the first to know. No doubt. You treat my cousin right, he joked. Of course, bro. That's my queen right there. I appreciate you giving us your blessing. It ain't nothing. you like a little brother to me. You and Ashley are perfect for each other. Thanks, bro. Well, I'm going to get up out of here. I'll holler at you when I get back from Jamaica. For sure, fam. When Quillil got back in his car, his phone rang. He hoped it was Kiara. 
He had been blowing up her phone for the past hour, but she wasn't answering. He pulled his cell out of his pocket. It was Detective Sanders. Yo, I looked into this Melvin Simmons guy like you asked me to. And? It looks like he was released over a month ago. How the hell is that possible? He was supposed to be doing life. He appealed his case and won, that's how. How you know this guy anyway? By looking at his rap sheet, he a lifetime criminal. Just an old friend, he lied. Friend, huh? Yeah, good looking on the info, though. I'll holler at you later. Quillil hung up before Sanders started questioning him about stuff he didn't feel like telling him. He immediately got on the phone with AK and told him the news. So Alexis was right. I guess she did see him at G's after hour spot in D.C., AK said. He had to be down there copping. You got G's coming to the club this weekend, so let's see what he says. I got a feeling Mello may be behind all the shit that's been happening. Me too, but I'm going to handle this shit with G's. And if I see Mello, I'm bodying that motherfucker on sight. Alright, just be careful. G's ain't no amateur. Neither is Mello. Neither am I. One. After he hung up with AK, Quillil wondered if this busy dude was connected to Mello in any way. He would have to find out. How the hell did he win that case on appeal? Fuck. With Mello out, he had to watch his back, as well as protect Kiara from any possible retaliation. He didn't know for sure if Mello knew he set him up, but he had to act accordingly. When Quillil got home, he tried calling Kiara again and got sent straight to her voicemail. Again. He was starting to become worried. We're supposed to be leaving in an hour and she's not even answering my calls. He grabbed his keys and was about to go looking for her until he heard keys in the door. And she came. Where the hell you been, Key? I've been calling and texting you nonstop. Quillil got up in her face, but it didn't seem to face Kiara one bit. She tried walking past him, but he blocked her. Answer the question, Key. Where were you? She stepped back and looked him dead in his eyes. Did you set up a guy named Mello to go to prison five years ago? Kiara asked him straightforwardly. What? The question caught him off guard. You heard me, Quillil. Did you set up Mello, yes or no? That's all I need to know. How do you know Mello, and where is this even coming from? Just answer the question. Did you frame my brother? Quillil couldn't believe his ears. Brother, he asked himself. Yes, my brother. Your Mello sister? She just said, yes, my brother, nigga. She ain't talking to you. This ain't on no black power shit. Yes, Quillil, and he seems to think you and AK set him up to go to prison. Please tell me he's wrong. Please. I didn't even know Mello had a fucking sister. This can't be real. Shit. Quillil didn't want to lie to her, but he couldn't tell her the truth either. If he did, their relationship would certainly be over. He didn't want to lose her. Just tell me the truth. We can't be together if we're not going to be honest with each other, Kiara said, stepping closer to him. There was a brief moment of silence. She was waiting for him to answer, and he was contemplating what to tell her. No, I didn't set your brother up. I would never do something like that, he said convincingly. Why should I believe you? Quillil grabbed her hand. Because I love you, and I would never lie to you. Mella wouldn't lie about something like this. Did you used to work for him? Yeah, I did, but I wasn't the only one. You could trust me. I had nothing to do with Mello getting locked up. I swear. Kiara wanted to believe him. She loved him, and sometimes love made people think with their hearts instead of their head. He pulled her closer to him. She wrapped her arms around his head. I love you, and I always will, he whispered in her ear. Hearing those three words from him always brought a smile to her face. I love you too. Kiara went from being pissed off at Khalil a few seconds ago to being wifey again. They kissed.
<laughs> she felt so alive when she was with Quillil. We need to get going so we can board this jet. Okay, let me get my bags. The drive to Westchester County Airport wasn't long. They were taking a White Plains charter flight to Montego Bay. It was Kiara's first time on a private jet. It was nearly a four-hour flight, in which she slept the majority of the time. While she was asleep, Quillil called AK. He went to the bathroom so he wouldn't wake up Kiara. What's good, B? AK answered. We got a problem. What now? Kiara is Mello's little sister, Quillil told him. Get the fuck out of here. I ain't playing. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, I just found out and he knows we set him up. Wait, how the fuck you know that? The hell if I know, but Kiara came home and flat out asked me if I set up a guy named Mello. When I asked her how she knew him, she told me he was her brother. So what'd you tell her? What you think? But look, Mello's coming for us. We gotta take him out the first chance we get. Most deaf. I'm gonna set that in motion right now. Already? I'm sorry. They said a stupid term. I'm going to say a stupid term. Already. Peace. They hung up. Knowing shit was about to get real. The Dells filled with more drama than Young and the Restless. It was no longer a mystery that Mello was a culprit in all the bullshit that had been going down. Quillil knew whatever he did, he had to keep it from Kiara. He took my family from me, so we got to get it in the worst way. All he could think about was having to identify Leslie's dead body, Ashley being laid up in the hospital after getting shot and Reggie and Kevin getting murked. He was convinced that all of this was because of Mello. The only way to make things right was to send Mello to his maker. Only thing to make things right is to be honest with your girl, fam. Like, you never know how she gonna react. Like, your dick might be fantastic. Like, who knows? If you told her what happened, who knows? I mean, she... Did you tell her about Ashley and Leslie and your boys? Like, anything? No. Oh, no. You started this gangster shit by setting the nigga up. He beat the case. You didn't expect that. That's the way the game is played. But be honest with her. Like, she already knows everything. Now, since you lied to her, when it all falls apart, if you don't die, y'all's relationship is dead. And if you kill him, y'all relationship is dead. So, shit, you may as well just be honest and swing for the fences. She might get mad, but shit, then y'all can have that angry makeup sex that y'all niggas talk about liking so much. I don't know. My sex is always fantastic, so I don't, it don't take no makeup sex to have great sex. We just have great sex. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Leave a review on Spotify. You can also leave a review on Podchaser. Copy and paste that in Apple Podcasts. And then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. We're also available on Apple Music. So leave a review there. Uh, you can donate to the show at Patreon.com slash Single Simulcast. Or on BuyMeACoffee.com slash SSCast. Or on the Good Pods group. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler at you later. Peace. The intro and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan.
and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my name, and you slipped.